Post 82 is brought to you by Game Time, your new go-to app for the best deals on last-minute tickets. Did you know King's ticket prices tend to drop right before the game starts? Game Time tracks prices in real time from thousands of trusted sellers, then shows you all the best last-minute deals with prices up to 60% off. More than 12 million fans have downloaded the Game Time app and discovered the fastest, easiest way to get into the game. There are tickets across all major leagues and teams. So head to the App Store or Play Store now to download Game Time and score awesome deals on last-minute tickets. Hello, 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 everyone. This is Jason Jones with your latest Post 82 Kings podcast. Kings fall to the Toronto Raptors 124-120 Wednesday night in Toronto. The loss drops the Kings to 2-6 on the season, ends their little two-game winning streak, and drops them to 1-1 on their three-game road trip that concludes Friday night in Atlanta. Meanwhile, the Raptors improved to 5-2, 4-0 at home. Kings were led by Harrison Barnes with 26 points. Buddy Hield had 21 points and 8 rebounds. Bogdan Bogdanovich had 22 points off the bench. And De'Aaron Fox had 17 points and 9 assists. Fox also had 7 turnovers, which we'll touch on later on because the turnovers proved to be very critical in uh, keeping the Kings out of winning this game. For Toronto, with the usual people, the people you might expect leading the way, Pascal Siakam continues to look like an all-star at this early stage of the season, 23 points, 13 rebounds, 5 assists, 2 steals. Kyle Lowry, who every time he plays the Kings, it seems like he has a good game, had 24 points and 6 assists, had some crucial uh, makes late in the fourth quarter. Whenever the Kings got close, Lowry either found the right guy or got to the rim for a layup to keep Toronto in the lead. Then off the bench, Serge Ibaka had 21 points in 24 minutes. You never want to say the game was won in the first quarter, but for Toronto, the game really was won in the first quarter. After the Kings took a 17-16 lead, Toronto closed the quarter on a 20-6 run, and that pretty much was the advantage they needed to hold off the Kings the rest of the way. The Kings outscored the Raptors in the final three quarters. Every quarter, the Kings scored at least 30 points in every quarter after that, but couldn't overcome that 23-point first quarter. The Kings shot poorly. They shot 8 for 24, while the Raptors were nearly perfect, 14 of 18. That right there just got the momentum going in Toronto's way, and the Kings were never actually able to fully recover from that. Moved to the second quarter. The Kings got the lead down to single digits, but the Raptors, when you're still shooting like that, still shooting in the 70, high 60 range, it's just going to be too a lot. It's a lot to overcome, so... That, again, takes us back to what we've talked about a lot, the Kings' defense. Can the Kings find the consistency, the tenacity, the scheme, all those things to become a consistently good defensive team? What also made the second quarter difficult was De'Aaron Fox picked up his third foul with 4.49 left in the quarter. So the Kings had to finish the half without him. Still, the Kings were only down 66-58 at halftime, which was not a bad mark considering how well Toronto was shooting and the Kings' inability to stop them. In the second quarter, the Kings were able to get that lead down to single digits, but the Raptors were still shooting so well, the Kings couldn't overtake them. The Kings had several good looks that just didn't fall, and then with 4.49 left in the second, De'Aaron Fox picked up his third foul, meaning the Kings had to finish the half without him. Still, the Kings found a way to begin the ball game. They only trailed 66-58 at halftime, and that was... was in a lot of ways, a miracle considering how well Toronto was shooting the ball. And the Kings were still able to hang in there. 
keep the game within reach going into halftime and then which moves us to the critical third quarter which has been the downfall of the Kings most of the seasons to this point but actually the Kings jumped out there got the lead down to 71-67 and it looked like okay maybe the Kings are going to reverse this third quarter boogeyman or whatever it is that happens to them in the third but then after that Toronto goes on a run pushes the lead up with a 20 to 10 run that gives us some space the Kings got to fight back a little bit more but they're still down going into that fourth quarter even though they managed to win their second or third quarter of the season they outscored Toronto by a point 30 to 29 not enough to obviously take the lead when you're down eight at half but it's the second game in a row where the Kings weren't outscored in the, in the third quarter which had been a problem pretty much all season until the Kings played the Knicks you want to see that type of effort after halftime against good teams. And Toronto's definitely a much better team than the Knicks. So that was a positive. But again, that first quarter was still too much to overcome. Still, the Kings had an opportunity in the fourth quarter to make something happen. And there's a critical stretch in the fourth where when the Kings are looking back at the film, they're going to want to kick themselves over it. The Kings get Toronto's lead down to three at 95-92. After Cal Lowry picks up a technical foul and the free throw was made, and the Kings have the ball. So you just got a point off of attack. You have the ball. 10.54 to play, down three. This is a ball game. But then comes a real costly turnover from De'Aaron. That was the sixth turnover of the game. Toronto converts that into points. Pushes the lead back up to five, and that was the last time you really felt like the Kings were seriously within striking range. They get the lead down late in the fourth, you know, and they would get it down to six, four. But every time they did, they just couldn't get stops. Kyle Lowry, someone would answer with, with a bucket in under two minutes. That's the time the Kings couldn't afford to trade baskets, and the Kings were just trading baskets. You're not going to be able to beat a good team if you can't get stops in the fourth quarter, which the Kings did not get in losing the game. And they had a couple of chances down for less than a minute hit a three, get a stop, and they just couldn't get that stop. And that's the reason why Toronto's able to escape and the Kings suffer yet another defeat. But they did win that fourth quarter as well. Again, as I said, they scored 30 or more in the final three quarters. They won that uh, fourth quarter 32-29. Offensively, they finished strong, but it's the defense that clearly needs a lot of work. That takes me to, now that we've discussed the game, kind of what happened, the basics of the game, looking at the big picture, what things did I like about what the Kings did, even in a loss that can carry over to Friday and beyond. First thing that jumps out to me is Harrison Barnes, 26 points, 4 assists, 4 rebounds. We all know for the Kings to improve defensively, Harrison's going to be a big part of what the Kings are doing. But where the Kings also need him, especially with Marvin Bagley out, is offensively in a 26-point game. 10 free throw attempts. That's sort of all the signs that Harrison's being aggressive offensively. He's taking the shots when they're available to him, and the Kings really need that from him. Another thing that jumps out from this game is uh, two bench players, one being Bogdanovich, 22 points, 7 of 14 shooting, 6 of 11 on threes. It's just the kind of effort the Kings need from him. You're not going to get maybe 22 points every night from him. But the Kings need that offensive production from him when he is on in the game just because 
part of the Kings' struggles to start the season have been tied to the fact that Bogey just hadn't been hitting shots and was having some really bad games shooting-wise and taking a lot of contested and bad shots during that stretch. Another thing off the other player off the bench is Corey Joseph. Only played 18 minutes, but 10 points, four rebounds, four assists, stealing a block. Back in his hometown of Toronto, maybe that got him going, but Corey was real steady for his time in the game. As long as the Kings can get production along those lines, when there are moments when Fox can't play, whether it be foul trouble, you know, need to break, maybe turn to an ankle at some point during the season, you never know. But you need to know that you can get some solid minutes from Corey Joseph, and he gave them solid minutes against the Raptors. Also a former team, too, so you, usually a guy is going to be a, pretty, a little bit hyped up to play his former team, but Corey was a, a good solid boost for the Kings off the bench. That also now moves me on to what I didn't like. Two things that really jumped up. One being De'Aaron Fox's turnovers. Seven of them. That sixth one was a big one. You know, really helped keep the momentum from swinging in the Kings' favor at a time where they could have possibly got within one or even tied the game. Then, you know, my other thing I didn't like is just overall the Kings' defense continues to be lacking. The Kings matched a team record from last season, hitting 23s. And you hit 23s, score 120 points, only 14 turnovers. You should be in position to win the game, and the Kings were, but you can't give up 124. You know, the Raptors shot 55.1% on the game, 14 to 29 on threes, 48.3%. And then the Kings fouling helped them getting them 29 free throws to lead to 24 points. You can't give up 24 points on free throws. Allow a team to shoot that well from the three and from the field and expect to have a real good chance of winning a game. Because of the hot shooting from the Kings from three, they did have a chance. They made 42 field goals, 20 of them are threes. So they did keep themselves in the game, but defensively those numbers and those shooting percentages have to come down if the Kings are going to be able to start winning games like this because as long as teams know they can get whatever they want offensively, they're never going to have any doubt about what they're going to do late in the game because they know they can score. Toronto was able to get what they wanted when they wanted late in that fourth quarter just because the Kings, their defense still is not up to par with what it needs to be if this team is going to be a winning team at some point in the near future. What do the Kings have up next? The Atlanta Hawks will be, who got a who were blown out by the Chicago Bulls. So you imagine that they'll be in a very foul mood. You know, Trey Young didn't have a good game against the Bulls. The team is without John Collins, who was suspended uh, for a positive PED test. It's a game that should be winnable for the Kings just because maybe you catch the Hawks in a little bit of disarray. But the way the Kings play defense... They're never really can walk into a game thinking that because as uh, bad as Trey Young might have struggled against the Bulls, King's defense could be the thing that gets him rolling again. You know, he just he just recently returned from an ankle injury, so there's a good chance that maybe he he had a little rust on him. So now it's going to be up to the Kings to figure out just what to do to slow him down. You know, and they also see a familiar face, uh, Vince Carter, who was in the Kings a couple of seasons ago help mentor guys like Harry Giles and De'Aaron. So that'll be a nice warm and fuzzy moment before the game for everyone. But on the court, it's pretty simple. King got to figure out what to do with Trey Young and then go from there. That's all I've got for you now. Kings at Atlanta on Friday. 
You know where to find me on Twitter, Mr. Underscore Jason Jones. Instagram for some of my foolery at uh, Mr. Jones LBC. I'll catch up with you later and I'm gone.